0: faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. Today is Thursday, July 15th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. Coming up on the podcast today, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki reveals that the White House is actively working with Facebook to censor content. Christians in China are forced to put propaganda in their sermons and a major booksellers association apologizes for the quote violent act end quote of promoting abigail schreier's book on transgenderism and chip and joe have some great marriage advice we'll have those stories and more coming up on the podcast today and no trade loans phillips from faithwire.com normally with me but he is out on vacation he will be back on Monday. So we will head right on into story number one. And White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said something that really turned some heads today at the White House press conference. Take a listen to this.
1: Uh, with these social media platforms. uh, And those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff, but also members of our COVID-19 team. Uh, Given as Dr. Murthy uh, conveyed, uh, this is a big issue of misinformation, specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken, or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We also created the COVID-19, the COVID Community core to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. And we're also investing, uh, as you all have seen in the president's, the vice president's and Dr. Fauci's time in meeting with each uh,
0: so there you go there you have it she went on but uh if you didn't catch exactly what she was saying there she was talking about the white house and their efforts to work with facebook in conjunction with major social media giants to flag what they say is disinformation uh and talked about all the ways in there which they're really working overtime to um, control the flow of information and they frame it around um, the fact that this is them trying to get accurate and reliable information but Let's not lose sight of the fact that this is the federal government of the United States taking a lead role in deciding what content gets out there and what content doesn't. And this has a lot of people very troubled by what they heard today. So what's the left saying on this issue? Well, they sort of either stay quiet or downplay these sorts of comments saying it's it's not a big deal. And they just want to get accurate information out there. With the last administration, they were saying all the wrong things. And so we need to make sure that we have accurate, trusted information out there. So... They generally downplay this. And what's the right saying? Well, a lot of the comments today underneath the clip on social media of Gensaki saying that um, argue that this was just another way to say censorship. Also saying that they're admitting out loud that they are violating our rights. And many are pointing out that Facebook recently argued that they are a private company that doesn't want any interference from the federal government. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. We've yet to hear from Facebook. And what they say about the White House's efforts and how closely they are working with them uh, to monitor the information that is getting out there. Obviously, why does this matter? Well, it matters because free speech and the flow, free flow of information is obviously crucial for any thriving and free society. And for obvious reasons, the government coordinating in any way with a social media platform to control what information they don't like, and saying, "Hey, this is a con- this is content we don't want out there. You need to suppress that." It's a terrible precedent to follow, as we saw with the Hunter Biden laptop ahead of the 2020 election. The problems we can have, uh, as that was a that was true information that was banned from social media. And so, regardless of what you think about the timing of that information getting out or the motivations of whoever leaked it, whatever the case may be, or the contents of it, or if it mattered to President Biden, or if it would have changed the election, et cetera, et cetera. Put all that aside, the fact that it was silenced should chill everyone. Because if we start going down that road, where now we're listening to the government, and now the government's sort of getting a chance to dictate what is suppressed and what is not, what is factual, what is not. Um, What differentiates us from Russia or China if we start making this the normal? And the obvious next logical step and the next thing to be concerned about if we go down that road is what stops them from declaring Christian speech, either hate speech or dangerous or harmful or violent, and then shutting that down uh, through these social media platforms. So very uh, dangerous comments there, and we'll report it on Faithwire and on CBN News when we hear... Uh, If Facebook has an explanation for this, if they maybe disagree with the uh, press secretary's assessment of the nature of how they're working together, uh, but we'll keep you posted on that because obviously very concerning information to the flow of information. I think a lot of people don't trust what they're seeing now coming from the government, coming from the media, as even fact checkers have, as we've reported many times, have clearly a spin and a bias. And so there's just not a lot of trust in anything going on out there. And some people do that activists would like that by design, uh, because it's easier to control people when you nobody trusts anything. So, um, so we'll keep you posted on that story there. And now we're going to head into story number two, where pastors, speaking of control of information, pastors in China's three self-churches uh, were ordered to adjust their sermons to include parts of a speech made by President Xi Jinping on July 1, celebrating the centenary of the Chinese Communist Party. A bitter winner is reporting that members of the government-controlled Protestant Church, known as the Three Self-Patriotic Movement, and the China Christian Council met during a conference to discuss how pastors could integrate elements of Xi's speech into their lectures and Bible study groups. Uh, The chairman of the China Christian Council uh, said that pastors should focus on the fact that the Chinese Communist Party has never changed its original intention to put people first. Establish the extensive patriotic unified front, unify, uh, unite citizens' hearts, gather strength, and continue to explore and innovate. So these are the things that the communists are telling the pastors to put into their sermons. Uh, some of the things they're told to include: that G and the CCP recognize the renewal of the Chinese nation. Uh, That the roots and the blood of of the CCP, the Communist Party, are in the people. It's the people's own party. And Christians should trust the CCP because it has over 70 years of experience in successfully ruling the country. And Christians should advocate for leaders of the CCP as only socialism can save China. These are the things they want them to put into sermons. Now, this is coming on the heels of the Communist Party officials in northwestern China advocating through uh, the sharing of a video on social media advocating the continuous atomic bombing of japan Uh, they shared this controversial video over the weekend and the video calls for beijing to launch nuclear strikes on japan if tokyo intervenes in the chinese invasion of democratic taiwan so what's the left saying on this well the biden administration is proposing putting a red phone in an emergency hotline with the Chinese government with the purpose of trying to stop any escalations of military conflicts that uh, before they would happen. This idea hasn't formally been presented to uh, China yet, but but that's where the Biden administration is here on China. They're looking to install these phones. Meanwhile, all this other stuff is going on, uh, which they haven't directly reported on this report from Bitter Winter. Um, but what's the right saying? Well, former Vice President Mike Pence said on Wednesday, he accused the Biden administration of rolling over for the Chinese communist regime In a speech where he kind of talked about the Chinese threat, he also took aim at U.S. corporations who said, he said, openly aid and abet the communist regime there in China. Because if you you think about places like the the NBA, um, Apple, uh, frequently use China for a lot of their production or trying to get into their market. Um, And so all of this is going on in these reactions to the 100 year anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party's founding. So why does it matter? Well, clearly China is a major player around the globe, but few seem willing to take them to task on their human rights abuses and their religious freedom abuses. If countries and corporations that seek to enter into China's market share and want to produce things there because they can do it cheaper or they can make more money because China has a bazillion people there uh, and don't actually stand up for the social injustices that are going on there and the human rights abuses. They're just going to continue... To get away with it is from a christian perspective of course um we should be praying and trying to help anybody in an oppressed group but specifically we've got christians there so uh we'll be praying for them as well as i mean imagine in your church you having to hear government propaganda like that and uh it's it's scary it's scary stuff so all right let's head on into uh story number three and the american booksellers association we seem to have a theme here of suppression of speech Uh, This is the American Booksellers Association. They apologized yesterday in a statement profusely for promoting Abigail Schreier's book on the transgender craze sweeping the nation, calling it a serious, violent incident. A statement released by the organization went on to say that promotion of Schreier's book goes against the ABA's policies, values, and everything we believe and support. It's inexcusable. Here's Here's more from this statement. An anti-trans book was included in our July mailing to members. This is a serious, violent incident that goes against our policies and values. We apologize to our trans members and to the trans community for this terrible incident and the pain we caused them. We also apologize to the LGBTQIA community at large and to our book selling community. But apologies are not enough. We've begun addressing this today, and are committed to engaging in the critical dialogue needed to inform concrete steps to address the harm we caused. Those steps will be shared in the next three weeks. The book in question here is one that we've talked about on FaithWire and CBN: "Irreversible Damage: The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters." Um, it's been it was included in this ABA promotion. Uh, that they send out to the booksellers with lots of other books in there and now they're profusely apologizing it they also apologized for committing a quote racist act by posting they put an incorrect picture on uh for the cover of the best selling book blackout uh, which was by uh, by a different author by uh, not the person that they put on there and they called it a racist act for who they put on there and according to the National Review, the person they believe was on there by mistake was Candace Owens. So somehow it was racist to put Candace Owens, who they called a right-wing extremist, uh, on there. But but in that letter uh, from the board of directors, they also referred to Schreier's book calling it a, quote, dangerous anti-trans act to include it in the mailing. And it said these incidents harmed booksellers. And they didn't provide specific evidence exactly how um, these... Mailing's were dangerous, violent, or harmful. Obviously, violent is—you know—when you talk about violence, the definition of it is physical harm to someone. So, what what physical harm was caused by um, including a book that is very popular and talks about the damage that young daughters, in particular, are doing themselves when they harm their own bodies and mutilate their own bodies in the pursuit of transgenderism? And so nobody talks about the harm that way. except Abigail Schreier is trying to talk about that. But you see the reaction that it's getting when um, far left activists see it. So what's the left saying on this issue? Well, many on the left are reacting by saying that it's not enough and that they don't believe the organization, that they're actually sorry about it. They want them not only to condemn the book, but take extra steps to seek it out and have it removed from bookstores. So what's the right saying? Well, the right is pointing out how dangerous this is to frame just differing viewpoints as having to be deleted from existence, as dangerous, as harmful, and as even violence. Uh, This is a sort of framing that is uh, troublesome to those on the right. Uh, Why does it matter? It matters because we're lingering quite perilously into a post-truth world where men can be women and women can be men, where you can't say men can't get pregnant and you can't say much of anything really. Um, and God has made truth very plain to us, and so people that are accepting these radically detached from reality viewpoints are simply fools. And so, don't answer the fool according to their folly. You know, stick to the basics. How did God make us? He made us male and female. Some of these things are self-evident. And while yes, people may struggle with their identification and how, and what they're dealing with there mentally, how they identify themselves, but this whole idea that you have to go along with it, that you have to agree with every single thing that these people think, say, or do, uh, is is really problematic. And um, God, does, God gave us brains, he gave us um, logic and reason, and it feels like we're wasting it on obvious things like men can't get pregnant, which is an obvious truth. But um, this is the state of language. And language is being used as a weapon right now to get us into all kinds of accepting of different things that are antithetical to the Bible and to godly values. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that story. Abigail Schreier one we've been following on Faithwire and CBNNews.com for some time now. So uh, we'll keep you posted and see what happens here from the, um, the Booksellers Association, as they are clearly... Um, buying into this far left LGBT. I mean, they even had the QIA plus uh, label on there as well. So we'll keep you posted uh, on that. Now we're going to head into story number four and end this thing on a positive note. Chip and Joanna Gaines have stayed quite busy over the years um, with their multiple reno- renovation progress. Now they're growing their Magnolia network. I mean, they're doing this all. They got five kids too. So they're busy with that. Um, But now, you know, they agree that despite their ups and downs, um, the one thing that kind of keeps them going with their marriage uh, is that they both agreed that they would never give it up. Um, They've been married for 18 years now, and they kind of shared the key to their long lasting relationship during this interview with Access Hollywood. And Chip said, one thing that I would say our superpower is, is that Joe and I are not quitters. Throwing in the towel is something honestly that never comes to mind. He said that from the very beginning of their marriage, that both, of course, being you know moved by their Christian faith, um, that they felt divorce or leaving one another is not really an option for us. So somehow, he says, that foundation has definitely served us well because things have been challenging. We're not perfect, and we have issues and trials and errors, just like everybody. Um, but he says, I would say it's funny when you say throwing in the towel. In fairness, I would admit if we had considered it, uh, along the way, he said, we're in it forever. Um, and they're not going anywhere, but great to see them pinning their marriage, uh, on their faith. And so, um, not a left, right issue here, obviously. Um, but it is definitely a secular, um, issue here that's grinding up against values of faith. So that attitude there, of, Hey, you make a vow before God till death do us part. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. You're, you're vowing to, uh, you know, to honor your spouse, to love your spouse. Um, And, and, but to do that in sickness and in health till death, death do us part. And that doesn't seem to be something that people really value now. It's kind of like, well, we fell out of love and now we're getting, you know, no fault divorces and things of that nature. So, um, so while not a left, right issue, um, um, obviously marriage is very vital to the Christian life. It's a representation of of God and his relationship to the church is Ephesians 5.31 is actually quoting Genesis 224. It says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. And then later in verse 32, Paul says, This is a great mystery, and I take it to mean Christ and the church. So we in marriage have a have a, a representation. We are kind of seeing a small, very small picture of the relationship between Christ, uh, and the church. And so, uh, it's important for that reason. It's not important just cause, Oh, it's something, well, we have to do it. We have to stick together. Uh, it's important cause it's holy because God ordained it. Um, and because it matters to, to, um, the representation of Christ here on earth to how other people outside the Christian faith, see it and see see God and see Christ. So, um, so it matters. And so it's great to see Chip and Joe talking about the value of that, and talking about how they are going to stick that out and they're going to go through it. And um, that is something that the world definitely doesn't value as much uh, these days. So um, so good job, Chip and Joe, as always. And we're looking forward to see their TV network is coming out uh, later, later, I think this summer. I think we're going to start seeing Magnolia Network and some of the shows that they have uh, in store. They've been working on it since they left uh, HGTV. So that is all the time we have for today. And as always, for more news from a distinctly... Christian perspective, make faithwire.com and cbnnews.com a daily visit. Click the stories, read them, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating on iTunes for this podcast, the 4 in 3 podcast, where we're bringing you four big stories of the day, three things you need to know about them, the Christian perspective. So God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow. God bless. Have a great day.